Thanks for downloading this week's podcast from Crossroads. We are glad you took the time to listen. As you tune in today, if you need encouragement or prayer, please reach out to us by texting 864-288-1626. Or you can find out more information at our website, hope at crossroads.org. Spread the word to your friends. Let them know they can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Videos of our messages are also online at hope at crossroads.org. And now, Here's this week's podcast. Good morning. I know it's a little colder out there, but let's do this again. Good morning. All right. Good to see everybody today. Oh, my goodness. Uh, How many of you like this fall weather we're enduring? Yes, finally, right? Uh, If my leaves would just stay on my trees at the house, I would be great. Uh, But... uh, but that's all right. Uh, for those of you uh, that are visiting with us, I'm, my name's Heath Carruth. I'm one of the pastors here at Crossroads. Uh, and um, uh, Pastor Jack is away uh, visiting uh, Miss Lauren today on her fall break. And so, uh, so we're excited about uh, him being able to uh, catch some time with her. So, but it has been said that what... Uh, that one imitates what another does because they admire them. You know, and as we continue our study today through the book of Ephesians, uh, the Apostle Paul, we're going to be in chapter 5 today, and the Apostle Paul begins chapter 5 by telling the believers at Ephesus to be imitators as well. Now, growing up when you were younger, uh, much like when we were younger, uh, my brother and I, we like to... Uh, role play our, and imitate our favorite athletes. And depending on what season it was, depending on who we imitated. And also, during football season, we would imitate our favorite uh, football players as we would be out in the yard and uh, running plays and throwing and catching touchdowns. And I, I'll never forget, uh, they don't do this much anymore, but uh, growing up uh, over there at Dorman, uh, when we were younger, the cheerleaders would make all these paper posters and banners that they would put on the, on the fences, you know. Uh, and then uh, they, would, uh, they would make a big one for, for the football team that, to run out every night uh, on Friday nights. And I remember thinking, man, that was so cool. And one of the things that we got to do uh, when we were younger was at the end of the game, uh, we'd go down and we'd get one of those banners uh, that they had made uh, that was hanging on the fence, and we would roll it up and we'd take it home. And on Saturday morning, we would go out in the in the yard and we'd have mom and uh, our neighbor or mom and dad hold that thing out, and uh, we would come and we'd break through that paper, you know, like the football team, uh, and we would just imitate our favorite players. Um, so we might be running a route or throwing a TD. Uh, some of you uh, Carolina fans in the, in the room are imitating uh, Zeb Nolan uh, today as he uh, spent 58 minutes on the sideline only to come in and save the day last night uh, to throw a touchdown with 30 seconds to go to win the game. Uh, as I told Corey uh, Friday night when we were at the Corn Maze, you know, it's one of those seasons, I don't care if we win by 25 or if we win by one. Uh, and all, as long as we win, right? Uh, just win, baby. 
Um, but in basketball, it was Magic Johnson or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar practicing our hook shots uh, out, out in the backyard. Or Larry Bird shooting the three-pointers. And of course, Michael Jordan. Now, we never got to that. Uh, we could stick our tongue out, but we never got to where we could dunk the ball. And uh, we got to the net, but that was as close as we could get. Uh, in baseball, growing up, uh, being a Braves fan, and uh, there wasn't much to cheer for, but, but Dale Murphy was there, and he was, he was the long-sung hero. Uh, go Braves, right? Uh, and uh, we might say Austin Riley to left field uh, for, the, for the winning run last night. Uh, and then there was our favorite. Now, we love playing sports, and we love playing football and basketball and baseball. But there was one thing that we loved just as much. It was wrestling. It was wrestling. NWA wrestling at the time. You may remember, and I remember in growing up in our, uh, in our house, we would role play and we would come down the hallway and all with the music playing to our favorite wrestler uh, of the day. And we would, we would wrestle. And so sometimes we would kind of go old school. We would go Chief Wahoo McDaniel uh, with the chop. My favorite of all time, though, I think because of his personality, was Jimmy the Boogie Woogie Man Valiant. The boy from New York City. Um, I just love the music, to be honest with you. But for others, you know, it may have been uh, a villain. Uh, they may have wanted to be the man, the nature boy, Rick Flair. Woo! <laughs> I'm going to be heading out to uh, Alpharetta here this afternoon and spend the next couple of days with a good friend of ours uh, from Crossroads that is uh, not only a wrestling fan, but a Rick Flair fan. Uh, by the name of Clayton King, and uh, so uh, we will probably have some conversations about about this. But um, and thank, thankfully to Miss Vicky, uh, and I'll taking Clark and Clayton to many wrestling uh, at the Brown Box over there at Greenville Memorial Auditorium. But their names and faces of people that, when I talked about imitation, imitating and uh, that came to your mind. It, for you, it may have been that, that singer. Uh, it may be that favorite artist. And uh, whether you're in the car or you're in the shower and all, you turn the music on and, I mean, you just start belting it out, right? Uh, we don't, you know, if only we would sing at church like we do in the shower or in the car to our favorite songs. Uh, and honestly, and you know, we should sing like that because, because the person that we're singing to definitely has done much more for us than the person that we're imitating. But today, Paul, he begins chapter 5 by telling us to be imitators as well. So let's look at the passage and see what Paul says believers should be imitating. He says, therefore... And as Pastor Jack has mentioned before, when you see, therefore, there's a reason that it's there. It's 
What is it there for? He says, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity and covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there, no be, let there be no filthiness, no foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral and pure, who is covetous, and all which is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of these things that they do in secret. But when everything is exposed by light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Paul begins the passage here, and he tells us and all that if we are because we are beloved children, he's telling the, the followers at Ephesus, because you are beloved children, in other words, because you are followers of Christ. And all, the thing that you need to imitate spiritually and all is God himself. Why, why wouldn't we want to imitate our father? We imitate parents. You know, our children imitate us. The good, the bad, and the ugly, they imitate us. Whether we like it or not, they're gonna, they watch and they look and they follow. An imitator is basically simply a person who copies the behavior and actions of another. So Paul says, as beloved children, we should imitate God. So when we talk about imitating God, what does an imitator of God look like? Well, I love the song that Leonard sang this morning. And a lot of the things in the phrases that, that were in that song we're talking about here. So what does it look like to be an imitator of God? It looks like loving others like Jesus loved them. It's seeing them for who they are and who God wants them to be. It's not going ahead and passing judgment on them, maybe just because of their behavior. Because honestly, a lot of people, there's a story behind the behavior. Maybe they didn't have a great home life growing up. And so they're imitating what they saw. They're imitating what they want to be. So we love others like Jesus. If we're going to be imitators of God, we've got to love others as Jesus loved them. All throughout the Gospels, we see Jesus loving those that were, by public's eyes, were seen as unlovable, untouchable, outcast. People and all that nobody wanted to be around because of their profession. But Jesus was on mission. 
He wanted to let them know there is a better way. There's a better way. And I have come to show that to you. So we need to love others like Jesus. Let me ask you a question. If we're doing the inventory of our life today, how are we loving others? I'm not talking about the people that we like and the people that we have a lot of things in common, but how are we doing loving others that we have nothing in common, that may treat us poorly in the workplace? How do we love them? Because it's easy to love people that love us back. It's much more difficult to love others that don't even love us. But yet God has called us to love them. Jesus modeled for his disciples and for those and all that followed him how to love. What it looked like to love. And he didn't do it just with his words. He did it with his life. He put action with that. So it's loving others like Jesus. Another way to look like an imitator of God is serving others like Jesus. Serving others like Jesus modeled for us. It's leading like Jesus did. Being an example. Jesus lived his life in front of the 12 disciples three years. And they got an up-close, personal view of what it looked like to love, to serve, and to lead. Remember, it was Jesus who said that I did not come for the healthy, but I've come for the sick. As kids, like I said earlier, we all imitate those that we looked up to. Whether it was an athlete, whether it was an artist, whether it was an entertainer, we imitated those. Why? Because we admired them at the time. In our, in our life, as children of God, if we are a believer in Christ, we ought to imitate the one we call Father. So how are we doing with that? Paul didn't say that we need to be perfect. But our life should be consistently reflecting and imitating the one who loved us and who brought us out of darkness. So let's make sure that our lives reflect Jesus. He goes on to say here in verse 2, he says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So we're talking, he says, be imitators of God. What does that look like? It means walking in love. 1 John 4, 8 says that God is love. So if God is love, then we need to walk in love. When Jesus gave himself up for us on the cross, it was his supreme act of love for mankind. For while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, Paul says in Romans. 
Paul's sharing with his readers, and we can apply these things to our lives as well. He's referring to ways of living a holy and pure life that is not only pleasing to God, but pointing others to Jesus. If I were to follow you this week, would I, and as I followed you at work, as I followed you at home, as I followed you out in, in the community, and wherever you went, and I imitated the same things that you did, would I look more like Jesus? Would I be imitating God? Or would I, or would I be look a lot more like the world? Paul saying, these are ways to live a holy and pure life. A life that reflects God. But Paul goes on to say, and I'll, here's the way that we are to walk. We are to walk in love because God is love. But he goes on and he says, here are some other ways and all that don't reflect walking in love. And he mentions those specifically here, in, starting in verse 3, he says, sexual immorality, all impurity, and covetousness must not be among you. No filthiness, nor foolish talk, or crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. He names sexual immorality. Do you realize that immorality, and that, that covers all forms of, of immorality. Do you realize that immorality, and impurity, and all... Uh, is modeled by the younger generation because of what they've seen in the older generation. There is a battle that is constantly going on for the minds and the hearts of young people. And the, the thing that's out there, the thing that a lot of people will say is that they'll tell young people, and all, well, really, your purity doesn't matter that much. It's really not that important. But I'm here to tell you and I'm here to proclaim to you, and all young people, middle schoolers, high schoolers, college students, your purity matters to God. And if your purity matters to God, it should matter to you if you're imitating Him. There's a lifestyle, there's, there's a voice out there that's saying, and all. Yeah, your purity is important, but it's really not that important. And I'm here to tell you that that's a lie. Because as believers, as beloved children, imitators of God, we are to walk in a life of purity. And that's mind and body. Because we're temples of the Holy Spirit. Foolish talking, bad joking. Parents, let's talk for a minute. I'm one. If your child's imitating the same language, the same joking and things like that, they're going on in your life. Will it point them and others to Jesus? Because 
We once walked in darkness. We were once darkness before Christ saved us. Before we gave our lives to Jesus Christ. Those things were a part of our life. But Paul is saying, no, no longer. If we're to walk in love, not only is impurity, covetedness, wanting things that others possess, not to be part of the way that we walk, but also the foolish talk and the, and the crude and rude joking. In other words, he says, which are out of place. If we are a believer in Jesus Christ, those things that we once did, those jokes that we once told, those things that we once said, and I'll have to be a part of our past. Because when we call ourselves a believer in Christ and we're talking to a non-believer and yet we're, we're using rude and nasty jokes that deface people, that shame people, it doesn't reflect God, but it reflects our old life. And if we're a believer in Christ, the old is gone and the new has come. And Paul's not talking about just the lightheartedness stuff here. He's talking about the, the stuff that would make people cringe. The jokes that are nasty, that have no place in a believer's mouth. You say, well, that's just one of those things I do. It's just something that I've always done to make people laugh. Are you more concerned about making people laugh or pointing others to Jesus? Because if you're funny, you can make them laugh without some of the jokes that people use. He says, but let there be thanksgiving instead. A pot, thanksgiving, a He's saying there's a, there's a positive way of speaking. And as children of God, as imitators of God, let our lips, let our voice be speaking more about thanksgiving and less about the stuff that we talked about before, Christ, we, before we knew Christ. To walking in love. He goes on and he says this. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon you as sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not even become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and impure. There's this transition here uh, as Paul is continuing to, to encourage those believers to walk in a way that is pure, to walk in a way that reflects God Himself. 
that reflects the change that has taken place in their life. We talked about in verse 2, walking in love and what that looks like. And here in verse 8, Paul says to walk as children of light. Paul urges them to walk as children of light. Characteristics of a lifestyle of someone who walks in light is this. They're able to discern what is pleasing to God. Their life exposes those whose works are in darkness. Those that, that live a life that doesn't reflect God. Those that don't even know God himself. The light exposes them. If we were to turn these lights off in this room, and I thought about doing that, but I don't want to scare anybody or give you another reason to fall asleep. And, and we were to turn a flashlight on, that flashlight would, would light up an area. Why? Because the light exposes the darkness. And if we are living as children of light, our life will expose those things that don't reflect the person and nature of God. That don't reflect the life that Jesus has called us to live. Some of the other characteristics of light is that light shows us the way. The psalmist said it like this. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. The word shows the way. A, a life that is lived as children of light lights the ways for others to follow. Can we say in our own lives that we're lighting the way for others to see Jesus? There was once a time in my life as a young teenage boy and all when my life didn't reflect that. And here, here's, a, here's a little, little moment. And I went to church all the time. And yet, you know, on Wednesdays or on Sunday mornings, I can, I can fake it enough to where people thought that I was living a life that was pleasing to God. But deep down inside, I knew that I was, I was a fake. But when the light of the world changed my life, not only did the light come on in my life, but it started reflecting out for others to see. Does your life reflect the light of the world? Light shows the way. Light also exposes darkness. But one of the things that light does is light also gives us the wisdom to discern what the will of God is. It gives us clarity that we're able to make decisions that reflect Jesus. To reflect our Father. The one who gave His life for us. The one who sacrificed his son on our behalf because he loved us. And he wanted a better way. And he, proved, he provided a better way. And that was Jesus. 
The Apostle Paul, he goes on, he says, Don't take any part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Verse 13, But when anything is exposed to light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Verse 15, Look carefully then how you walk. Another translation could be, Look carefully in how you live your life. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of your time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Paul says to look carefully at how we're living our lives on a daily basis. Do we understand that our time is really limited? That our life has an expiration date. There's a time that we're born. There's a time that we die. And then there's that little dash. As we've, you may have heard it said at funerals. That little dash is right now. How are you living your life? Do we live our life walk? Are we walking in love? Are we walking in light? Because there is an expiration time. And we never know when it is. It could be today for some of us. It may be 20 years from now. But are we walking in light? Are we being careful and living our lives, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of our time? Now, I'm just going to confess, there are times that I don't, I don't use my time very wisely. There are times that, that my schedule gets all out of whack. And there's things that kind of creep in that I shouldn't give time to, but I do give time to it. Just being honest. Because the days are evil, the Apostle Paul says. We, we can stand up here, we can complain, we can harp, and we can moan and groan about how bad the world is today. But can I tell you, according to the Word of God, the truth that God has given us in his written word, that the world is not going to get better. It's going to get worse. And as grandparents, as parents, we have to be diligent in how we are leading and teaching our kids, how we are preparing them, how we are nurturing that faith, because the things that we're struggling with and all are going to seem small compared to the things that they struggle with unless Jesus returns. Think about it, adults. Think about the things that you had to deal with at school when you were in middle school and high school. For some of you, the, the worst thing that you had to deal with and all was, was boys and girls going to the bathroom and smoking. 
Can I tell you, if you were to have a conversation with the middle schoolers and high schoolers today, that would be very small. Because the things that happen in those same bathrooms are much, much worse than what we had to deal with, what you had to deal with. And the things that their kids are going to have to deal with and that they're going to have to continue to deal with are so much more worse. The days are evil. So we have to walk and live our lives on a daily basis. We have to be careful how we're living our lives. Man, when I was younger, I did. I loved to imitate my favorite wrestler. As a kid. But as I've gotten older, I want to imitate somebody that matters. I want to imitate somebody for somebody else to look up to. I want to imitate somebody that can change their life as he's changed my life. Let's walk in love, Crossroads. We're going to mess up and we're going to fall. But we're going to get back up by the grace of God and we're going to continue to walk. And we're going to imitate the one who saved us. We want to imitate the one that can save them. Because at the end of the day, when the expiration date hits for them, that favorite athlete, that favorite artist, that favorite wrestler, Isn't going to help them out much. But if we'll imitate Jesus, if we'll point them to Jesus, if our life will reflect Jesus, and we'll let the Holy Spirit work in their life, and we'll put them in, an, if we give them an environment that is totally different than what they see on a regular basis. And they will hunger and they will thirst after that. And they will want to imitate a life of thankfulness. They will want to imitate a life of walking in love. They'll want to imitate walking in light. Because, why? Because there's a change that has taken place in their life. Because they are not walking in darkness any longer. They're walking as children of light. And as children of light... As beloved children, let us be imitators of God. Because He's the only hope. He's the only hope for you. He's the only hope for them. He's the only hope for our world. And no, not everyone is going to come to faith in Jesus Christ. But if we can take as many with us to heaven as we can, because we're living our life on mission for God, and we're walking and being imitators of God... And uh, there are going to be more rejoicing in heaven. There's going to be more people in heaven. Why? Because God chose 
to use us as his instruments to reflect the Father. And they are going to hunger and they will thirst after that. They won't, there'll be people in your life that they'll get, they'll get so much of Jesus. And I know I'm using that term very loosely, but, but, but let, me, let, me, let me run with it. Man, that they're going to be like, oh my goodness, they really, they really understand it. They understand what it means to walk and imitate God. And there'll be times that, they, that we feel shameful because, because although we've known Christ longer and we've had a relationship with Jesus longer, man, they've, they're just soaking it up like a sponge. And as they're soaking it up, they're just wringing it out on other people. And lives are being changed and their families are being changed because their families are being changed. Their community is being changed. Their workplace is being changed. Our city is being changed. Not because of us, but because of who we imitate. And that is Jesus. So let us reflect. Let us imitate Him. I close today by saying this. Let's make sure that our lives are reflecting Jesus, the light of the world. And if Jesus lives in you, the light of the world, you are the light of the world, Jesus said. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. So let your light shine for Him. And let the Holy Spirit move in their life as they become beloved children and imitators of God themselves. Let's pray. Father, we, we are not worthy We don't deserve your love, but, Lord, you gave it to us because you loved us. And, Lord, we are thankful for that. And, Father, today, if we're being honest, And I'm putting myself at the top. I've not done well at always being an imitator of God. And for that I confess. But Father, thank you for the grace that covers my sins. God, I pray for the person that's here today that is in darkness. The world around them is crashing. And they don't know where to turn. But Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit will help them to see. The one that they need, the one that they seek, is Jesus. And He gave Himself for them. So that they may live. If they would only receive the grace. And the gift. Of eternal life. That comes in Jesus. Father when our life is done. May it be said.
that we pointed in our life pointed others to Jesus because we walked in light we walked in love we were imitators of God Lord as we come to this response time I just pray right now that your Holy Spirit would just move in our hearts and that we would respond in obedience just plain and simple Whatever that looks like, whatever that is, may we, all the distractions in our life be removed right now so that we can be obedient to you. In your name we pray. Amen. As Joey leads us, how's God spoke to your heart today? How do you need to respond? And understand, you're not responding to me because I can't change your life. You're responding to the Holy Spirit, to Jesus. Because that is where true change happens. That is where true life begins. So do you know Him today? Maybe there's things in your life that need to change. Maybe you've not walked in light. Maybe you've not been walking in love. But just because you haven't been doesn't mean you can't change today. Because that's how good our God is. Let's stand. You respond as the Lord leads. We hope you've been challenged and inspired from today's message from Crossroads. You can find out more about the message you have heard today by visiting our website, hope at crossroads.org. If you live in the upstate South Carolina area and you're looking for a church home, we hope you'll come by and visit sometime. Details about our church and service times can also be found online. The last year has been one of chaos and confusion, and we know many have become isolated and lonely. You can get Pastor Jack's new book, The Loneliness Solution, Finding Meaningful Connection in a Disconnected World, a great resource that will help you, or you can give to a friend who might be struggling. This resource is also available at hope at crossroads.org. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again next week.